Welcome to Words to Enlighten, the interviews. Regular listeners to the Slowdown podcast will know that I am Kim Nelson, writer and creative meditation teacher from Belgium, and my co-host is Mariam de Groff, an essential oil educator and integrative nutrition health coach. However, today it's just me, as I am here to introduce our guest, Nanette Merck, the founder and creative director of Designers Against AIDS and creative platform for social change, Beauty Without Irony. Nanette featured on our podcast, Slowing Down to Make Change, in which she offered a rather thought-provoking tip on what we should do if you want to make a big change in your life. Nanette has been described by one publication as an eternal optimist who could change the world. Through her campaign, she's worked with fashion brands, designers and celebrities such as H&M, Marc Jacobs, Rihanna, Timbaland, Robert Smith from The Cure and Farrell Williams. She talks about her latest campaign, Beauty for a Better World, what beauty means to her and how her self-care involves having a glass of champagne every day, but it has to be from Lidl. She was a very interesting woman to talk to, although we did encounter some technical difficulties at the beginning of the podcast. You will hear what I mean. You know, it's not always easy being a podcaster, but one of the biggest lessons in life is how to stay calm when we're being tested. And just to add, there is some colourful language in this podcast. Nanette is a lady who says what she thinks. Enjoy these words to enlighten. Hello. Hi, Nanette. Hello. Hi. How's the sound? <laughs> Better. It only yeah. took us 20 minutes. I know. It's funny. Um, I uh, interviewed a breath healer and uh, we had the same problems. And he's in, um, in Brussels. Uh-huh. And um, we had problems for quite a while, actually, about half an hour. And yeah. then he said to me, these are the type of things that cause triggers. They cause a lot of stress and it just oh, depends true. how you react. It I could be a trigger. out of the window. Yeah, but uh, I'm a very patient person, so and I'm used to <laughs> used to this. <laughs> well, first, I get triggered, and then and then after a while, I get amused. I say, "Okay, bring it on! Another mistake! Another mistake! Another mistake!" Okay, it's like yeah. with all my medical issues, you know, one thing after the other, and I, now I'm like, "Okay, yeah, well, I'm being tested out for something. Apparently, let's see what it is," you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that too. Waste of energy. Yeah, I agree. In fact, that puts me on to my first question, actually, uh, because I know your woman is all about positive change and you're an action woman. So, um, and I know you've already done two successful fashion campaigns. Two. And I wondered, um, is it two. You're on your th- two? But you're on your third one, aren't you? We did like, we did like 50. 50 oh oh okay but they were they small ones or big ones I'm I'm thinking about the two the two big ones you did beauty without irony and the Janus against AIDS yes ah you mean you mean the charities I thought yes yes the campaigns we did with designers against AIDS all right why don't you start by telling our listeners all about the campaigns that you've done so far well you know 
I started um, Beauty Without Irony in 2001, which was a period when everything in advertising and in fashion, it was very dark and sarcastic and pseudo-ironic. And I hated it. I'm like, why can't you just admit it when you like something like a sunset or a beautiful flower? They couldn't. They always had, had to make jokes about it. Like, oh, I like that classical music. I guess I must have been drunk. And I'm like, fuck that, you know? And I, I, I wrote this kind of manifesto about true beauty and how it resonates like instinctively and that I didn't understand why people were resisting it so much. And then I asked people to send me their most beautiful work. That was the first thing I asked. Um, and that could be photos or film or poem or story or whatever. And the first email I got was from the philosopher Alain de Botton. Uh, he's Swiss, and he, but he lives in England, I think, from the School of Life. And oh, yes, said, I know this. Yes. He said, what you are saying in just one manifesto, it's what all my work is about. I'm like, okay, I'm happy. I'm on the right track, I guess. <laughs> and so he even he gave me a story for our first book 10 years later. It was really funny. And then I got a lot of uh, beautiful photos and, and other images and, and feedback also. People calling me and like, oh, finally somebody who's saying what we all feel. And then... One month after that, Twin Towers happened. <laughs> so, yeah, they were in a mood to not be so dark and sarcastic anymore, you know, for a little while. So it, it went very well on social media. And but we didn't do any actions or anything. We just assembled the photos and we talked with a lot of people. And it was more of trying to change a little bit the mood among the creative industry. Um, so and that petered out a little bit because I was still doing my work as a fashion writer and I hated it because after a while you know you've seen it all every spring we have to have a bikini body again and every, every fall we have to diet and you know and I, it was so boring so the only thing I loved about it was promoting the young designers because I like creativity and I like also creativity that's not so much touched by demand, but more by what somebody feels, what they want to express. So I started to, to focus more on that. And of course, I was in Antwerp. We had the Antwerp designers. There were a few that I took a little bit under my wing, like Bernard Willem. And... That was fun for a while, but I still was 90% of what I was writing. I was doing it because I had two kids to raise and I needed the money, but not because my heart was in it. And then in 2004, I had a friend who has an import company in Amsterdam and he imported Aviso jeans and other stuff from Japan. And he said, we want to do something with Aviso denim. And we want to benefit the charity and could you coordinate it? Because I think you like to do that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he says, you know, everybody, well, which, which is more or less true. Um, so I thought, OK, you know, and I, I just I just lost my assistant to uh, AIDS. 
a Belgian guy, a stylist, and you know, it, it was really strange at that time because it's well, has been around by then even already 20 years and people know how to protect themselves and they are in, in a rich country like Belgium and they still get infected. I'm like, I don't get it. And so I said, okay, to this guy of Eviso, uh, I want to do this and I want the money to go to the Tropical Institute in Antwerp for their AIDS research. So we started with Designers Do Denim. Yeah, that was 2001 also. And I asked a lot of designers and they all said yes, which was quite surprising. You know, Martin Marcella took part, Anna Mullemester, Dries van Noten, everybody. We had like 50 designers and then we had some ministers of state. We had some famous musicians like Tom Barman of Deus. We had a lot of good entries. And they all customized uh, uh, the denim jacket or pants. And they were auctioned afterwards uh, and sold. And the money went to the Tropical Institute. And it was nice because this was also the year of uh, this special year for Antwerp fashion. And we had an exhibition with the denim in the Museum of Fine Arts on uh, Leopoldplatz. And Susie Menkes was in town for the Antwerp exhibition. And she wanted to see the denim as well. And she wrote a wonderful story about it in the New York Times. And I'm like, oh, I like this way of working. You know, I can still do fashion, but I can do something for social good as well. So then I, uh, a year later, I found the Designers Against States. I'm like, okay, let's try to work together with fashion brands and with celebrities and make cool clothes. But the main thing is the message that we can reach out to young people and tell them safe sex is still important, you have to use a condom or get tested and you know, these things. And um, first we did our own t-shirts, but and yeah, they were nice and they were made by famous people, by The Cure and by, you know, very famous designers. But we made them ourselves and we had samples. We got samples from Umro in, uh, from uh, London because I was doing PR for Kim Jones who had a line for Umbro at that time. And they sent the samples to print the designs on. But some had long sleeves and some had short sleeves and some had a white collar and some had a narrow collar. They were, and some were thick cotton and some were very thin cotton. They were like a hodgepodge of styles because they were leftovers. And, you know, they were ordered by Corletta, by Dover Street Market and, you know, all those, those you know, elite stores because I knew the owners of those stores. And then they got all, they got these T-shirts and, well, okay. They didn't order the second season anymore. Oh. It was so funny. Well, it was sad a bit, but it was also funny. And I was like, no, 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 this is, this is not the way to do it. We need somebody who is good in making T-shirts, in marketing T-shirts, in selling T-shirts, and we will make sure we have nice designs by celebrities and... We will help with promotion, and that's it. I'm not going to make my own T-shirts anymore. It's not a good idea. I'm not a salesperson. So I called H&M in, that was a bit later, 2007, 2006. I don't know. I, I called the switchboard in Stockholm because I didn't have a direct number of the creative director. I was like, okay, I'll call the switchboard. You know, I will see how far we go. And I called 
En hij zegt, can I speak to the creative director? I'm Ninette from Designers Against Age. Of course, he said. And she just pulled me right through. That would never, ever happen in, in America or in England no. or in France. But in Sweden, yeah. yes. Not now anymore, I guess, after the story gets out. But, right. <laughs> the fun thing is, this guy, he was out of the office for maybe 50, 54, no, 45 uh, weeks a year. So he was almost never there. But he was there when I called. And I got him on the phone. And I said, you know, we have, we have good concept. We have a good concept. We have contact to the celebrities. We have good ideas, all these things. But we don't know how to make and sell T-shirts. Not as good as you do. And he says, oh, that's interesting. Let me show it to my colleagues and I'll get back to you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that will be the last I hear from it. Two weeks later, we were in Stockholm, invited by H&M. And they said yes, and we did it for five years. And we raised 13 million euros. <laughs> wow. That was, so That was so funny. I mean, I didn't ever, ever think it would happen. So, you know, and I met Pharrell Williams, and I met Rihanna, and I met all these celebrities, and I had them say clever things on video. And a lot of young people got to learn about HIV that way. And uh, meanwhile, even during, we, we still had the campaigns with H&M and we got approached by JBC in Belgium. And we did five years with them as well, five collections with famous Belgian people. We did one with Delvaux, designed by Veronique Branquinho. We did, I think, seven with Eastpac several collections and we are having a new one made very soon <laughs> which is surprising but that will be for beauty without iron the others were for designers against it um yeah who else ah playboy playboy design mark jacobs he made three different t-shirts for us three times and it was you know it was a nice way to work because I was just always contacting people that I liked and whose work I liked. And I say, you want to do something together with us? And mostly they say, yeah, yeah, why not? So we did cool things. But the last years, it's also, it has become a lot more difficult because all the charities, they're now asking celebrities to do something with them. So they get much more careful and much more business-like. And of course, I know already a lot of these people. So when I contact them, they are more likely to say yes because they know me from like 15 years ago but it's been harder new ones it's very very hard yeah. and then corona happened and i was you know i was very 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 scared at the start because you know i have a also a immune deficiency uh, disease so that attacks my lungs so you don't want corona So I was like scared and I was worried and I was checking up all the news about Corona, you know, and at some point I was like, okay, stop it. You can read about Corona five minutes per day or 10 minutes and that's it. And other than that, focus on good things. And then I thought back at the start of Beauty Without Irony when I asked all these people about beautiful images. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I just read an article from the World Health Organization And it said that half of the people in the world have mental health issues right now because of the pandemic. That's 
that's more than 4 billion people who are stressed or anxious or depressed or all of them. I'm like, what can we do, you know? And I'm like, you know what? It seems a bit naive, but naive is a good thing. So I'm asking people again to send me what they think is now their most beautiful work. And we will share it worldwide and people will see it and maybe they will send their own picture and we ask artists and normal people, well, yeah, normal people and children, everybody to take part and to send their most beautiful picture or video or poem or music, whatever they want. And we will share it. The beauty for a better world. Where were, do you remember when the idea came to you? Um, yeah, what? when I was in this pandemic stress. And then I, I was, yeah, I was like, you can see the, the, the lockdown as a bad thing because you're locked up, you cannot go anywhere. And it's, but you can also use it as a time to reflect, you know, and to, to think about moving forward because, I mean, there still is a future, at least I hope so. And I, and I, I wanted to look good and be more human than before and with a little bit less pollution and a bit, little bit less waste in fashion and things like that. And now is the moment to do it. So that's a little bit, yeah, when you see people want to go back to before, I'm like, no, 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 don't. I mean, the way it was before is one of the reasons we're in this shit. <laughs> so yeah. don't. You know, do it in a better way. And I'm thinking, what is better? Because the idea of pure beauty that we want to show in these pictures and artworks, it's it doesn't cost any money, which is like marketeers and multinationals and brands, they won't like it, but it's true. The most beautiful things in the world, they are nature. Nature is number one, eh, by far. Nature uh love friendship kindness you know those things and the other is discovering uh, other cultures those three things they don't cost any money everybody has access to them open your eyes be open for it i mean of course somebody who doesn't have a job and who doesn't have anything to eat and who is very sick he has no message to this kind of thing maybe it makes him feel better a little while maybe not but a lot of people do because they're stressing like, oh, I have less money. I cannot buy that new iPhone. I cannot do this and I cannot do that. I'd like, oh, go take a walk in the park or do some volunteer work or visit somebody. You know, it's like, it sounds like very soft. But now is the moment that people realize that it's not a bad way to live. Because yeah. this pandemic has learned to for many people what is essential and what's not essential in life. I was looking at um, the prompts you give in your call for creative ideas and yeah. I really liked the one where you ask um, what beauty takes your breath away and I wondered what your answer would be oh everything nature I mean I have a huge garden it's like 1200 square meters and it's full of trees and plants and insects and butterflies and my cats, obviously, trying to catch the birds. Uh, and every time I see a new flower or, or some bird doing something silly in the air or whatever, it takes my breath away. 
and also sunsets. It takes everybody's breath away when they open their eyes. Like it's yeah. usually it stinks from nature. Also to see, witness acts of kindness or read about it. That's also, also breathtaking sometimes. To, mm. to see somebody do something good for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Definitely. It's, it's nature. Yeah. yeah. And do you have any words or phrases that you live by? Yeah, one is shock with kindness. Okay. I've never heard that before. No, that's because I'm <laughs> I made it up myself also in 2001. Nice. Shock with kindness. I like that. I didn't want those, you know, you had these fashion advertisements with guys like pseudo raping a woman just to sell clothes. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. No, 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 no. Who's waiting for that kind of shit? You know, mm. shock with kindness. And then, yeah, there is this, this, um, thing from Dr. Seuss, but I don't have it here. It's on my big computer. Yes, there are many quotes you know, from one, Dr. Seuss. I yeah. the ones that. The, the ones that matter don't mind and the ones that mind don't matter. You know, do yes. what you want anyway. That one. Yeah, that's love. a good one. So, yeah. 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 And I wondered, actually, because you worked in fashion a long time, is there an item of clothing you have that you would never part with? Oh, many. Oh, many. okay. I have, I have a T-shirt. That was embroidered, hand-embroidered by Bernard Wilhelm when he was still in the academy. And also a pair of pants. I don't know where they are, but I have them. I never threw them away. It's like some kind of dark blue pinstripe pants. And he made little smiley faces on it with a, with a potato, half a potato with white paint. <laughs> they, are, they are weird. I would never, 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 never be, sell them or anything. And I also have, I still have some clothes from my mother that she used to wear, like 60 years ago. And I wear some of it. Oh, nice. uh, I wouldn't ever part with it. It's always clothes with a, like a memory. Also, I have a lot of things that got donated, well, given to me by Lieve van Gorp when she was still designing. Because I was a little bit her ambassador in, in when going to the shows in Paris. And they, they're still, they're so timeless. I can still wear them. If I wouldn't always be wearing jogging pants. I'm yeah. always in jogging pants lately. I mean, I hardly leave the house. And when I leave the house, I go to the hospital for fitness training. Well, physiotherapy. I call it my fitness training. <laughs> it sounds better, you know, somehow. Yeah. Are there any um, famous people that you are still trying to get involved in um, any of your campaigns that you'd really like? Oh, to I would like to work with Pharrell again, because when I met him, it was like, you know, he had a huge entourage. was at a shoot in New York. And he didn't have so much time. We talked a little bit and it was nice. He's very smart and kind guy. I would like to work with him again. And what who would I like to work with? Maybe Michael Franti, I like him. Or, 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 I don't know. 
I've heard no, Pharrell's nice. Also, when I when I was young, you know, they always when I was a teenager, they asked like, "Who are you fan of?" Like, you know, fan of of pop groups or, or film stars. No one. I don't think like that. I think everybody is the same. <laughs> well, not really the same, but it's like I don't see any difference between celebrities and other people at all. Yeah. Which was annoying sometimes for H&M at the fashion shoots because I just went to up to them whenever I felt like it and I started to chat, you know. And they were like, you don't do it like that. I said, you don't do it like that. <laughs> I do what the hell I want, you know. Whenever I, I mean, I didn't fangirl. I just I tell them about designers against hate and what they had to say on the video. That's what I was doing. So they got used to it after a couple of years. <laughs> all right i've got um like a last question really because <clears throat> you're involved in a lot of giving so i just wondered what do you do to give back to yourself in terms of self-care what do you do well not enough not enough i should but yeah i take a lot of time sitting in in nature you know and relax it's not that I run around day and night. I mean, I can't anymore because I cannot walk very well anymore. So that stopped the running around pretty good. <laughs> I think my body was trying to tell me something. Now, what do I do to myself? Yeah, I give myself a glass of champagne every day. Wow. At nice. Well, cheap champagne from Lidl, but it tastes <laughs> expensive champagne. <laughs> and it, that's my little present to myself every day and other than that I don't drink alcohol because my nervous system is a little bit compromised so I just need one glass and I would already be under the table or on the table if I could so it's enough and I don't want any more than that so oh, I like that that's, that's, that's my thing yeah do you do any meditation at all or any yoga well I think meditation my meditation is Looking at trees and at birds. It's mm. my meditation, and I let my thoughts go, and it's it's a nice way to relax, and it's a nice way also to get new ideas. Make your mind empty, and then something good will come out of it. That's nice. Um, can you tell us where people can find you? Well, we have a Facebook group, and it's called "Beauty for a Better World 2020." which I would love for people to visit. And there it also says how people can take part. My email address is on there also. Um, we also have the same name on Instagram. But that's just some pictures. Um, then we have the website beautywithoutirony.com. And for the other organization, designersagainsthes.com. Thank you so much. It's been lovely talking to you. And just to add, listen to our podcast, Slowing Down to Make Change, in which we talk about questions to ask yourself if you're thinking about making a change. And also Nanette appears there with her tip for making a change. And also check out our Instagram page, which is the slowdown underscore podcast. Until next time.